Hey folks, this is Dr. Rob, and welcome to Overcoming Betrayal and Addiction, a podcast brought to you by Seeking Integrity Treatment Programs and hosted by me and my sidekick, Tammy. Say hi, Tammy. Hi, Dr. Rob. Thank you. Our show provides useful answers to your most asked questions about cheating, betrayal, and addiction. Let's get started. Okay. So, hi there. I'm the betrayed partner of a porn addict, mother mesh men, possible narcissist, and I am an, at a complete loss as to if I should stay in the relationship or not. So, I do think we need to read more of this. I'm just going to get through it. Um, we haven't had a disclosure. The main reason she's resistant, my CSAT, meaning her, her uh, certified therapist in sex addiction, kept upping her prices to the point where I couldn't afford them. I'm so sorry. And I also found her very insincere. She would forget my partner's name or situation after a year of working closely with her. Uh, I want to say that not all therapists are very good just because they're certified. And that's one of the reasons we ask you to call Tammy, reach out to Tammy at Seeking Integrity because we've worked with a lot of these folks. We've trained a lot of these folks. So you may have five therapists in your town. Just grabbing the nearest CSAT is not necessarily going to produce the best result. As you probably know, you know, lots of people have certifications and licenses, and but you want to go to the doctor who knows what they're doing. So we can't help with that. And Tammy put that in the, in the text. Anyway, I know in my heart that I have expressed endlessly that I need disclosure, which to those of you who don't know, means I want to know what's happened in my life. I want an honest accounting of what I've been through. And I want my spouse to just say it. This is what's happened. This is what we've been through in a therapy session. So I really need disclosure. But he puts it off and he says, I haven't finished or submitted my questions. And therefore, his therapist says we can't move forward, nor does he want to do a disclosure. The main reason I stopped actively working on these questions is because I did not see him moving forward in my recovery. And my issues with my therapist mentioned previously, more recently, he's been very defensive and aggressive and gaslighting me in moments where I'm vulnerable and triggered and sad. I'm walking on shaky ground because I have no closure. I don't really know what happened. He says he refuses to do the 12 steps because he doesn't work. It doesn't work. I love him, but I'm miserable. I'm exhausted. And I'm very close to ending things. Understandable. We live together and I'd rather work things out, but I don't have the tools to make a decision on my own. My heart keeps ruling my head when things get so bad. So I know I should leave, especially when he's extremely verbally abusive. And I can only imagine what that sounds like. I want to give us one more chance, but I feel like it has to be done in a way where I can finally decide yes or no. My big question is, how do I make a definitive decision to end things? So I feel confident that I've exhausted all options, given him every chance I can. Is there a smart way of discussing it with him in order to make a, good strategic, a strategic plan going forward without regrets? So just to say it um, real quick, any step, any major step that we take in life, there's going to be good and bad. And so no matter how good, it, and this is just life, right? No matter how good a decision you make, you're going to have regrets. You know, that's just how life is. So I just can't promise you that you won't have regrets. Um, so um, this is what I'm hearing. I, I, I feel like you, if you just said one or two of these things, I would say, wow, this is not a good situation, but you've named so many of them and any one of them would be a reason why I'd say, I'm not sure if I want to go forward. Um, just to say it, I ran an outpatient clinic and I did disclosure and six weeks to eight weeks, that was it. Nobody waited more than eight weeks because I know what spouses go through and I didn't want you sitting there saying, well, I'll just wait another six months, put my life on hold until they or he or whatever decides to do this. So that's really not negotiable. And it should be, I believe, a therapist's responsibility to say to you, 
you will have this within this period of time. And then they work with your husband's therapist to figure out how and where and when and all of that. So none of this is going well. And, you know, none of this is going well. So what I hear is you're thinking about leaving and you really want permission to leave. And that's what I hear is permission because you have all these reasons, right? And any one of them, especially the verbal abuse, like that's just not acceptable for me to hurt you and let you down and lie to you and then turn around and be abusive to you and blame you. Uh, so what you said is I walking on shaky ground because I don't have any closure. I think you do. I don't think there is a ever a period on the end of the sentence unless someone dies. So you have to decide there isn't going to be a, well, he did this or, well, he did that. So now I'm staying or now I'm going, it doesn't work that way. You have to add up and say, you know, look at all the things you said. You didn't say one thing, by the way, that said, I'm, I'm looking forward to this, or this is going positively, or here's the good part, or I see him doing this, or there's not a word there. So what, what I do, and I think I'm pretty good at it, is I really, really listen closely to what people say. And sometimes what they say Underneath it, there's a big, big message that they're not paying attention to because they're real caught up in the little pieces. And what I hear you saying is, I've exhausted my opportunities to get healing through the relationship. I have exhausted. In fact, I'm being punished by the person I care about because I simply want to know what's going on and how can we move forward. Um, every time I hear you saying that something simple comes up that we need to handle not easy, but simple, like go to 12-step meetings or do disclosure or don't yell at me and call me names. These are the basics of a decent relationship. You know, you get pushed away. So I can't give you permission to do what you already know is the right thing to do. Well, I think I lost Tammy, but you guys are here, right? Um, I can't give you permission to do what you already know is probably the right thing for you. Um, but I can't say that there's nothing in this situation that sounds positive. Um, I'll also say it doesn't have to be black and white about like you write this kind of like um, end things, decision, feel confident. Um, why don't you separate? Why don't you get a legal separation? Why don't you talk to a lawyer about a legal situation? Why don't you talk to a therapist? You don't have to end something. You can simply say, we're gonna do this differently until I feel safe. And by the way, I don't make recommendations to many clients that I see, no less people I don't know, but I'm frightened for you. I don't like the craziness that's going on. And yes, your heart is ruling, but I cannot say this more clearly. In fact, I have to type it. Fat feelings are not facts. Feelings are not facts. Let me see if I can type that in. Feelings are not facts. And when you are working with an addict, what you need is facts. Um, your feeling disappointed, hoping it would go better, you know, missing the good times, you know, wanting it to work. Those are all feelings and they're valid and le they're legitimate, but they're not going to answer your challenge about what to do going forward. What will answer the challenge is what is being done. What is the behavior? And I don't hear anything that would tell me that this person is doing anything other than blaming you and asking you to bug off and give them a break and so what I say, and I think I can just answer this here, is you're living with a very abusive person and you're asking yourself, what can I do better when you're not the problem? And any healthy person would, pro would make, I think if any healthy person were looking at this, they would make a different decision than you. I'm not saying you're not a healthy person, but you're in this situation. So you're the frog in the boiling water. And, you know, if you, if one of us 
read this because we're not in your relationship, we would probably say, as I would, get out and get out fast. But you, you're, you're not the frog that got thrown in the boiling water, just jumped out because they said, oh, my God, who would want to be in this hot water? You're the one who got the temperature turned up and turned up and turned up. And now you're in this incredibly hot, uncomfortable water, but you're not sure if you should get out. And if you don't get out, you're going to drown or get overheated or so what I can tell you is that I think it'd be really important for you to think about and plan out how to separate from this situation in little ways. You don't have to make it definitive. You're going to live there. I'm going to change the locks. I'm going to get a lawyer and figure out, fine. you know, it doesn't mean we're not going to be together. But I absolutely believe that you need to take some steps that what you're looking for. In fact, let me just say this. What I hear you saying, and this is so important, is when is he going to do something that something that will make me feel hopeful or encouraged when is he going to do something he you have to decide what is right for you and what works for you does this situation you describe work for you because i don't know what's going to happen in three months or six months in a year but i know i wouldn't want to be in this situation and i don't think any small thing or large thing that my partner could do at this point would change my mind so I'm not saying get out of there forever or ending, but I do think that you need to take some steps for yourself. And I'll say this because we say it all the time, boundaries are not for someone else. I don't ask someone to live somewhere else because I want to punish them or because I want them to understand how important it is that they pay attention. Boundaries are for me. And so in your case, the boundary is I don't want to be yelled at. I don't want to be lied to. I don't want to wait for things that aren't going to happen and be told to shut up. So I'm going to set a boundary for myself. And as painful as that may be, you will feel very relieved, I promise you, when you have set some kind of boundary for yourself. Um, and then it doesn't matter what he does. Um, he has to get it together. And not because um, he wants to or doesn't, but because if he wants to move forward with you, he's going to have to make changes. Um, yeah. So that is my very long and very sad answer for you. Um, I'm going to, oops, did I lose that? Let me get back to the, your uh, discussion. Sorry, I'm lacking him, so I'm lost here. Okay. Um, so someone said, hi, thanks. I heard someone say recently, I think it was a moderator in one of the meetings that we do, that again, are no cost. You can drop in any time. They're over there at Section Relationship Healing. This person said, I heard a moderator say recently that formal disclosure is not recommended if you're not staying together. I need this to help decide whether to stay together. Can you sp please speak more about whether that process is appropriate? So I think it's a little bit more complex, um, but I agree. So there's a complexity in Rob agrees. So let me try this this way. If you are separating, if you are divorcing, if you have decided that I'm done or they've decided or we're done, we do not do disclosure. Disclosure has one purpose, and that is to, to help the relationship gain intimacy and to put you on a level playing field where you both know everything and you're able to proceed together toward healing. If you are not going to stay together, then what is the point of disclosure? Um, I do not want to give an angry spouse a list of things that I have done that they can take to their lawyer. Um, I don't want to be the therapist to encourage that. And I understand, and I say to you spouses, you know, um, Absolutely, you wanna know, you have the right to know, it's important you know, but if you're not staying in the relationship, it isn't required. However, I understand that you're trying to decide whether or not to stay in the relationship and you can't decide until you get disclosure. So this is a tough one. What I would say to you is that, and this is I think the best way to do it, is say, 
I'm willing to put aside whether we're going to stay together or not based on disclosure. I'm going to decide that we're going to stay together or work things out or leave the door open for six months post-disclosure or three months. In other words, rather than making disclosure the key to whether you stay together or you don't stay together, put your relationship in a safe harbor. Put it in a place because you're going to be angry. You're going to be hurt. You're going to be furious. Maybe you won't want to stay together, but maybe a few months later, you're not going to feel that way. So what we say is if you are wanting to work this out on any level, then put the relationship in a safe harbor where you don't have to make those kinds of big decisions at disclosure or right after disclosure. It's a hugely emotional time, but say we will decide to stay together or not after we've spent a few months working through this, me on my own, him or her on my own, us together. And if in 90 days we're both still in that place, then maybe we won't be together. But I, I really discourage making disclosure the key to whether I stay or not, because disclosure is a very emotional experience and how you feel at the time of disclosure may be very different than you how than how you feel after that and you've worked on things and things are looking better or worse. So Okay. Married 39 years. D-Day was four years ago. I started raging soon after discovery. Then the raging calmed down. And then there was a little more time between rages. But I still feel that I need to rage probably once every few months. My question is, what do I do when I feel these rages coming on? We are both retired and enjoying being together. We went to a CSAT for two years and each got to our own therapist. I also go to the old ladies posse. Yay. I'll tell you more about that in a moment. Um, group and have worked on myself, but these rages still raise their ugly head. I, I, I think I've shared on this before. I used to have it. It was like, I called it, I named it the white hot rage. And it was, it was awful. And I hated it. And like, I just had to like stay away from everyone. So I didn't have to make a whole bunch of amends. So, so I completely get it. Um, the old lady posse is a drop-in group on our sex and relationship healing.com. They named it. We didn't, but, and it's not all people of a certain age it really has been um more people but it's people that are looking for accountability and things but i really appreciate you sharing you know sharing that rage so dr rob did you want to start or do you want me to just throw in a few things well, why don't you go ahead you start it and then i'll jump in okay okay so some things that i did for me was i what i finally figured out thank you therapist um uh and troy love honestly you know but but yeah there was there was it, there was old wounds that were getting poked and, and having the language of being able to identify what was getting poked. But I also did some serious work with my therapist, including, you know, she said, how old do you feel? I, I did, this is me and this is not you, but it may help. So, you know, and I realized that there was this little girl in me that was like feeling so vulnerable. And so I would rage out because I was trying to protect her. And so what I ended up doing was I did some trauma work. EMDR did a, did a ton of help for me. Honestly, one session with her doing this, I have not experienced that. And that was, I mean, that was years ago. So, so like, it was so helpful for that specific thing. It doesn't, you know, get rid of everything, but that helped. But I really had to own that, you know, that, uh, you know, that she, she said to me, what would you do? What would you say to that? It was an eight-year-old. But what would you say? And I would say, I would come up alongside her and I would tell her it's going to be okay. You're, you're, mm -hmm. and I would parent myself hugely beneficial for me. But for me, the key was, 
I could feel it coming on and I just had to step away. I had to know this was happening and step away because otherwise there's this whole cycle of raging out and everything. But if I just went, I, I need to go calm down at mindfulness, prayer and meditation, go for a walk, do something to simmer down in the moment. But, but that was, I mean, I'm not kidding. I have not experienced that. And that was a periodic thing for me that I have not experienced that in the years since I did those specific things. So if that's helpful, great, you know. Well, I, um, I think Tammy is right on target um, with this idea of self-soothing or self-regulation. You know, she did it, as she said, by kind of finding that vulnerable part in herself and saying, I'm going to protect you. I'm going to make it okay. We're going to be okay together. You're not alone because it's not all of you that's raging. There's a party that's saying, I don't want to be doing this, but then you're doing it anyway. So um, what we use the word dysregulated, that someone who is in this situation has a hard time, you know, they're up and down and up and down. They kind of have a hard time maintaining that through line of calm. And I uh, also agree with Tammy, what um, EMDR is a, it sounds wacky, but it's a particular form of therapy that I never believed in until I read all the research. And what they do is they target a particular, it, you have to have something specific, like a memory of something, or in this case, when you rage, and they will work with you just specifically around that target. And what it does is it doesn't take out what's happening, but it, it tones down the intensity. So for example, with people who have trauma, they don't forget what happened to them, but it doesn't become shaking, overwhelmed. They can kind of look at it and say, yeah, that was awful. So finding a way to step back from the anger is something you need support for. I think Tammy is recommending, you know, some kind of professional can help you because this is your issue. Um, you know, because I, I, it sounds like, I mean, it's been four years and it sounds like things are going well and you're enjoying each other and you both went to therapy and you have your own therapist and you're going to groups. So you're doing all the right stuff. But there is a little girl in there who's very, very sad. And the reason I say sad is I want to, again, validate what Tammy said, which is, uh, as a therapist, I know that anger is a defense, meaning I put, like, humor is defense. I'm, when I'm uncomfortable, I make a joke. That's what I do. I don't really talk about being uncomfortable necessarily, but I do make that joke. And I make everyone focus on the joke and the fun, and then I don't have to deal with my feelings. Some people get angry, you know, and that's what's because what's underneath that is feeling insecure and sad and vulnerable and it's so much more empowering to get angry rather than it is to sit in that pain and loss and sadness so i agree with this whole process which is i think you might get some help turning down the volume on the feelings which will take a professional um and then being able to um know when this is coming up and begin to address it in a way that doesn't come out like that because part of it, I also think, is, is kind of like addiction. Do I, when do I see this coming? Okay, I notice I'm tapping my fingers on the desk and I'm starting to get like this. Okay, but I can see that. What do I do? It means I take a walk. It means I take a breath. It means I get out of this conversation. So you, part of the therapies in this situation is learning when you're on the way to that. Because once you got that adrenaline flowing and you're throwing rocks, it's really hard to come down. But if you can see it coming and learn how to calm yourself down, which is just a real um, something you can learn about, it's educational, um, I think it will go better. So the, the questions you're asking are very understandable. Um, and I think you've now found something new that you can work on so that you can be a better person and so that you guys will get along better. By the way, there's nothing wrong with getting really angry. But when I rage, then I don't like myself then I don't like what I did or how I've acted. 
Um, and that's not what I want to do is end up at the short end of the stick of not even being able to have my feelings validated because I look like such a crazy person. So anyway, Tam, is there anything you want to add or maybe we should just move on? Well, the only other thing, yeah, if you move the next one, but the only other thing is like I was able to use that visualization of going back to my eight year old and, and nurturing her. I, I've used that at other times. So it wasn't like one and done and now it's magically all better. It was like, oh, this is getting poked. Oh, I need to nurture and and man it was it really was transformative for me so uh, so hopefully that helps can you move the next one to uh, oh you're all in your account and they're i gave oh, them all you're to so you. wonderful okay thank you i started seeing an app set and my husband is CSAT by by force by me um so that wasn't he went willingly I told him he has until the end of the year to work a program and me see a change followed by a therapeutic disclosure and polygraph he's been resistant but then showing up some commitment, but now he's feeling it's too much and thinks I'll leave anyway. I hear this often. So not sure it's worth it. I feel he just doesn't want to go through and see it actually and to see if I'll actually leave if he doesn't go through with the process and avoiding the therapeutic disclosure, because I think there's things he did and knows I won't stay if it comes out. Um, he's done things he's been adamant he hasn't done. This has been a long drawn out process. And I think I'm ready to just leave. I think this is a common uh, I think this is common, but just need confirmation. So I want to say to both of you, I, I believe you're both women. I, if you have a husband, you are, and someone who spoke before. And I mean this in the most sincere way. This is why we run a treatment center. When a relationship is at a crisis that is a long-term relationship, and you've maybe you got kiddos, you got friends and family and home, and when you've been together a while, and you really don't want to take that step, but you feel like that they're dragging their feet. They are, obs I can never say that word, obs uh, confusing things <laughs> um, when they're trying to, you know, throw dust in your eyes and, you know, it's making you crazy. Thank you. Can you say one word? Obfuscating. Ob I can't, you obf said that. Obfuscating. Obfuscating. Right. It kind good. of means making, making things difficult for you to see clearly. Um, so um, uh, now I lost my thread. Sorry. Um, so let me go back to this is why we run treatment because there are people who are at the end of their rope who are saying this relationship is going to end or i don't know i feel like i've done everything i can and i'm not being heard or i don't want to have to leave but i can't stay here it's too harmful or i'm getting yelled at all the time this is what we do treatment for is we work with these men exactly to come to terms with are they going to stand up and do the work they need to do, or are they not? And I wrote a book about this called Out of the Doghouse, A Relationship-Saving Guide for Men Caught Cheating. We teach a course in it, and it is really about helping men understand what a woman goes through when she's been betrayed and how, what the responsibilities he now has to heal the relationship. And throughout the book, I say, listen, you don't want to heal the relationship? You don't have to do any of this hard stuff, but if you do, you've got to really get in there and work. So number one, honestly, if you have the resources, send them to me. I will, I promise, uh, move this person along. Uh, I, my team will tell you I'm pretty good at that. Um, the other thing is that um, I just want to say to all of you spouses, this is a really important thing. Please do not threaten to leave. And I'm not saying this is this person. Do not threaten to leave unless you're going to. Because once you say, I'm leaving if you don't do this, or I'm leaving if you do do this, and if we do that or don't do it, and you don't leave, we have learned a lesson which is I can get away with my stuff and she or he's just going to say that, but they're not going to follow through. And then you lose authority. Then I know I can manipulate you because you're not going to follow through on that anyway. 
So you have said you're going to leave if these things don't happen. I, I Maybe this is helpful, maybe this isn't, but you have to. Because if you don't, you're telling him that he can just do whatever the F he wants and you're just going to look the other way and make threats that you're not going to follow through on. Um, so I don't know what he's going to do or not. I think that you have every right to say what you're going to do and how you're going to take care of yourself if you don't get where you need to get. Does he, last thing, is he waiting to see if you leave anyway? Um, I think it more goes like this. I don't think the guys, yeah, I don't think they believe you. And not only that, I don't think they understand how important the relationship is to them until they see themselves facing that back, walking out the door. And I'm sorry to say that, but I can look at you and look at you and look at you and pay no attention to you and avoid you and have sex with all these other people. And, and I'll blame you. You're too heavy and you're not paying attention to me and you're getting old and it's all your fault. But if you move one inch away from me, I'm going to say, well, wait a minute, where are you going? And all of a sudden you're going to become really important to me. And it's not because there wasn't a connection all along. It's because addicts choose to avoid looking at that connection. I cannot love you and hurt you at the same time. So if I push you aside, I devalue you, I blame you, I dismiss you, it's a lot easier for me to go act out. Um, but what I don't think is you would actually move an inch away from me. And when you do, all of a sudden it's like, I was teaching the staff today. I did a training and you did one after me. I heard it went really well, Tammy, thank you. Um, but uh, but one of the things that came up was this issue, um, which is uh, about threats and will someone follow through on what they say they're going to do? And, you know, you have to make a decision how you want to live your life. Um, if you do what you say you're going to do, then this person will make a decision. If they want to be with you, I wrote the doghouse book. If then there are certain things that he's going to have to do. He's going to have to work a program. He's going to have to go through disclosure. He's going to have to take a polygraph because otherwise he's not going to have you. And if he says, I don't care, well, then he's not going to have you. And then you have your answer, which is this person is not invested in me. But if he turns around and says, oh, my God, you're actually going to leave. And now you've got an apartment and I have to go live in it. And then you'll know. Then if he says, I'm going to get to work, I didn't really realize how important, I didn't take you so seriously. One more thing. In treatment, and I've said this to you guys before, we take letters from the spouses saying what you've been through and what's been going on. And, you know, what you've been through, you know, whether it's the yelling or the cheating or the, we ask you to tell us that so we can bring your voice into the treatment center. We want to hear what you've been through. And almost every man I work with will say, I've heard all that before, meaning you've said these things a dozen times. But the thing is, when you when it when those when that message comes doesn't come out of your mouth and it comes out of my mouth or or appear, then it's a whole different story. Then I have a guy who's sitting in a room full of people and is hearing how he treated his wife. And all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, I did that. And then the other guys in the group are saying, Oh my God, I did that too. And they're crying. And having your voice in there is incredibly helpful. And one more thing. And when I read these letters. And the guys say, you know, I've never heard, I've heard that from my wife a million times, but I never really heard it until you said it. My answer to them is, why weren't you listening? Because it's not like you guys aren't telling us what you need and what you want. We are not listening. We're used to running the show. We're used to getting away with stuff. We're used to controlling the situation. And in our minds, we still think I have control until you do something that is for yourself, like move the us out. And then it's like, oh, wait, I don't have control. I, I can't manipulate this. And then sometimes we'll wake up and sometimes we won't.
that was a long answer, Tammy. What do you think? Oh, you're probably that was better. great. And I caught the end of your um, of, uh, when I came back on and, um, uh, you know, you were talking about don't you know, threaten to leave unless you're, you're, you're going, going to. to. But, but it was also, yeah, with this, the disclosure, it's like I, I tell guys, don't do the disclosure unless you're going to be truthful, because it always the thing that you hide, it always comes out and it makes it worse. It just makes it worse. But what I also am wondering about with this particular case is you say he know he knows if he tells me this that he's been lying about I'm going to leave and I'm like if you really so I would I would ask you to look in your heart because because honestly if that is true you know and it's and it is totally a deal breaker you know I mean then but many people go okay now I've heard the worst you know you already know it's bad you already know it's bad he's a broken person you know, can you go, that was not good, but we are going to move forward in a different way. We're going to, we're, we're going to work on having honesty and truthfulness. You know, maybe you can, because I've had a lot of partners who thought if I hear this, I'm out of here. And then they didn't. So then it goes back to Dr. Rob saying, don't say you're leaving if you're not really going to leave. Cause they will, I always said, if you're, if your boundaries and wall is, a sieve and they can keep navigating through it. it it doesn't have any boundaries are for your protection it's you know, for your safety your physical emotional spiritual financial safety not not to be punitive and go you're you know you've been bad and you've hurt me it's like no for my sake i value myself enough so this is what i need for me to live in this world and uh, you know so a different a different focus for it and it you know but i Whatever you need to do to take care of you is what, you know, I encourage you to do. So, but, but think, think about it. If you hear the absolute worst, that thing that you think you're going to hear, you know, can you get past it? I don't know. You know, some do, well, some don't. And, and, and it's all okay. So. And I want to add one thing, Tammy, because that's really helpful to what we're talking about is as an, at the addicts end, it's, it's almost funny because we think, okay, I'm going to tell them everything except this thing. Like, that's the thing that they're going to leave over. I'll say all these things, but not that one. And the truth is, it isn't really any one thing. It's the whole thing. But we've made up in our heads whatever we think is the worst thing, that that's the thing we're going to keep secret. And like Tammy said, it's going to get found out anyway. So it's best to put it all on the table. And it's so typically the thing that we think is going to upset you the most isn't even the thing that upsets you the most. So, um, yeah, I do agree with Tammy, though. You need to decide if you hear the worst of the worst, are you going to stay? Because maybe your husband's right. You know, if I tell you these things, you're going to leave. And if that's true, then then I think that's something you really need to consider before you push this process forward. Thank you for listening to this episode of Overcoming Betrayal and Addiction. If our words have led you to seek help, please reach out. You can always find us at www.seekingintegrity.com.